Hello friends, welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. And today, my wife and I are going to discuss technology and kids. How can we utilize technology to help our kids become the adults that we hope they will become? Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right. Welcome back. Uh, I'm excited because once again, Eric and I are joining forces for this episode. And today we want to talk about technology wars. If you're a longtime listener of this, if you've read anything that I've written, if you've hung out with me, you know I am 100% pro kids and technology. I will go toe to toe with anyone who wants to go toe to toe in a nice way, in a kind way about technology. Uh, there there are people in our community who, who have like, oh, well, I tried your way. No, you tried it for three hours and, and that doesn't count. That's not actually trying something. Uh, and, and I've talked about that in the past. And, and you and I have always been relatively speaking in lockstep about technology, maybe a few variances at the edges. Uh, But one of the things that we agreed on with our son, who is potentially dyslexic, who has a diagnosed speech impediment. um, And ADHD. And, and potentially ADHD. Uh, I say potentially with a big smile on my face because he probably has. Uh, is is that we were going to... You should never diagnose your own kids. Um, I diagnose you all the time. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh-huh. No, she's not. <laughs> uh, she diagnoses me as handsome, devilishly handsome, and uh, having a very large wit. Uh, she does. She's sitting here shaking her head. Yes. Okay. So I've totally distracted now and lost my spot. Oh yeah, Joey. And so we are navigating the story of him. One of the things that we agreed on was he could have a device. Like we've never really kept a device from him, but he couldn't actually get a real phone. So he couldn't text. He couldn't play game pigeon with his sisters, which was a great source of frustration for him. Uh, he had to be hooked up to the internet in order to do anything on his device. Go ahead. As I had said, I was trying to use it as a motivator. Yes. Like if you learn to read, buddy, then and you can get a phone. But until you learn to read, you can't get a phone. Right. Because one of the things that he has resisted is reading. And at that age, it's very difficult. Is he resisting because he's embarrassed about his, his speech impediment? Is he embarrassed because it's difficult for people to understand him? Right. Like there's a lot of things that could go on there. And so I was on board with that. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Let's do that. And then a few months ago, we switched carriers. Uh, it made a good, it was a good business decision for us to switch characters or carriers, excuse me. And we decided to give him a phone that actually is a phone. And two or three days ago, you said to me, that was the best decision that I ever made. And I was thinking that the best decision she ever made was to marry me. And so I'm just going to assume that you meant beyond that decision. Can I interrupt just a second? Yeah, you can interrupt it all. Anytime. The best decision we made. I don't really feel like I made it on my own. It's okay. like, hey, Joe. That, that wasn't doing. the word that you used, though. You actually said, uh, well, I don't call that. That's okay. <laughs> So, okay. So the best decision that we made, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about how we came to that decision. And then as we get to the end, we actually have some things that we want to share with you, the listener, some questions for you to consider about devices and your child. So just talk a little bit about that. The best decision that we've made. Yeah, you're welcome. What what I pointed out to last night that I noticed is he's now typing out things and texting to us and he's starting to recognize more words and he's starting to try new things. 
things. And the uh, the other thing with the device that has been fascinating for me is our, I mean, not to brag, everyone thinks our kid's smart, right? But we have him a grade level ahead of most things because he uses his device for educational purposes. So right. he, he knows things that I don't even know. And it, right. I'm a 40, we'll just say I'm a 40 some year old woman, okay? Who there's things he'll say to me like, mom, did you know? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, no. And how do you know this? And he's like, well, I was watching Mr. Science Man today or I watched this and he learns from it and it has become a very good teacher for him. But yeah, I think, absolutely. But I think kids in general, you know, we fight, you know, I tell parents all the time, half of them listen to me, half of them don't. They want to regulate device time and they'll do things like, well, you get to have the device from 10 to 12 every day. Well, here's what I don't understand about that. It now becomes a drug. Imagine if somebody said to you something that you wanted. Let's just say it's pot, right? And the only time you get to have pot is from 10 to 12. What are you thinking about all morning long? Gotta get 10 o'clock. Got, as soon just, as I get to 10 o'clock, I can do some pot. Correct. And then as soon as 12 o'clock's ending, what are you craving until the next day? 10 o'clock tomorrow, baby. Right. The pot time comes, right? Yeah. You want them to regulate, but the very thing you're teaching them is how not to regulate when you choose to regulate for because them. Because you're taking the power away from them. We talked about this in another episode, that empowering your kid. You're actually taking it away from them, the power to regulate themselves. And what's fascinating with our son, with our daughters, with any client that I've ever had actually try this, eventually the kid, the, the device becomes something that they regulate and like, you know, they'll go outside and play. And, you know, again, I think this is where parents get caught up. They only think in the short term. They don't think in the long term. You know, I was talking to a person one time. She's like, but I tried that and it didn't work. I said, no, you've got to give it at least three months. 90 days is, is the typical threshold. And she's like, well, I'm not willing to waste three months. The kid's nine. If he lives to be 90, three months is nothing. It's nothing. And, and like, obviously this is something that I'm pretty passionate about because to me, not only are you not helping your kid regulate, you're not teaching them to think long-term because they will literally learn to live the way you live. Well, think of one, I mean, can you think of anything I can't? I was just in here thinking while you're talking. Can you think of anything that you became obsessed with at age eight or nine or four that you're still obsessed with today? No, I can't. And I think a lot of people's pushback on that is, but we didn't have devices. But we did. Mm-hmm. I, I had an Intellivision that we used to play B-17 Bomber on for hours and a baseball game for hours. I had a Game Boy. Yeah. I had I had the little football game that like you could go up, down, up, down, up, down, wait till the defense. Go. It was just these little red dots. Mm-hmm. And we would play that for hours. But I don't anymore. I have I have a video game system. In fact, I played with our son this morning. But I'm not obsessed with it. I still get my work done, right? And devices have become the whipping boy of lazy parenting. Because it's way simpler to just be like, you can only be on your device from 10 to 2. I think about, I worked with someone who they had a rule that their son could watch TV, which is a device, but as long as... He could watch it unlimited as long as they weren't up. So every Saturday, the kid would get up at 4.30 and go watch all the things he had recorded through the week. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, now he's not sleeping. Because you have a stupid rule in place. Because you're creating that reward system in the brain to need that dopamine high and how and that right. all, they become fixated and obsessed with thinking about when they get their next time on these devices right it becomes a drug rather than just saying be on your device again I, I think part of the problem is people tend to think in all or nothing so I, like we'll do this I'll walk by and be like hey I feel like you've been on that device all day are you doing anything and you know they'll be like oh no maybe 
whatever. And sometimes, especially when they're un- younger, I'll tell parents, like, if you walk by and they've been on the device for 10 hours, two days in a row, be like, hey, go get outside. You're not allowed to be on your device for the next four hours. But do it that way rather than the other way, because what you're doing then is you're actually empowering your child, A, to make mistakes, B, to, to regulate themselves, and C, you're actually teaching them to think long term. How does this help me get the things done that I need to get done? I have a little different approach than you. I often will actually tell parents a little bit different is set up the expectations for the day. Be like, I expect your room to get cleaned. I expect you to play outside for at least two hours. I expect you to help dad cut the grass. I expect you to go to the grocery store with us when we go. And when you get those things done, you could be you can have the rest of the night on your device if you want. Because now you're giving them power once again. They have complete control of their day. They know what's expected of them. And as soon as all that's done, they can play on their games. Right. If and they don't I, get it done, they don't get to play. I tend to take this a similar approach, but you're right, it is different. Where I say give them the expectations and forget the as soon as those are done. I just expect them to be done by the end of the day. Because to me, that's real life. Like your professor says, when when, you, when those kids go to college, the professor says, this paper's due on November 8th. Has to be done by November 8th. You can do it November 7th if you want. Some people, they like the adrenaline of doing it the night before. So you can do it November 7th if you want at midnight. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can. And so tell the kids, hey, this needs done, that needs done. And if it's not done, at the end of the day, we're going to have to have a conversation. But if you want to get up at 10 o'clock, right? Because let's be honest, that's the time most kids are getting up 10, between 10 and noon or whatever. You want to get up at 10 o'clock and just sit around for two hours and then do one of those things that I said I expect you to do and then take a break. I don't care. That's how you and I work, right? That's how adults work. Like I'll do laundry. I'll throw it in the washer. I'll go upstairs and read a book, which is technology. And I think that's the thing that kind of makes me just mad in the crazy sense, not in the angry sense, is why is this particular thing the current whipping post of all that's ill in society, right? Like, like, oh, you know, phones are this and that. Well, wait, the same arguments were made about TVs. The same arguments were made about novels, radios. I just read a thing today that when trains were developed, people were afraid that women wouldn't be able to travel on trains that fast fast because it would cause some of their inside body parts to come out, which is stupid, right? We look back at that now like they're fools. That was technology back then. And technology was bad. But don't you think it's because we often want to blame something or somebody for something instead of looking at ourselves yes, in the mirror? Yes, absolutely. And saying, That's why like, I say it's lazy hey, parenting. This is really not technology. This is my parenting. Yes, That's the absolutely. Problem. I agree. Or my favorite is when I ask the parents, like, how much time do you spend on your device? Well, a ton. Well, I don't care what you say then to your kid. Whatever false rules you create or fake rules, non-natural rules that you create, you can watch it from 10 to 12. You you know, you can, you can earn it by checking off all these boxes, blah, blah, blah. Your kid's going to see you on it and all they're going to think is once I'm in power, I can be on it all I want. And we see this all the time. Parents have draconian rules. They have systems in place for their systems that monitor their systems, that keep their systems in place. They go to war with their kid and the kid turns 18 and goes crazy. Instead of inviting them to learn how to self-regulate, to self-monitor and to take responsibility for themselves. Like if you don't, you and I mean, you and I, our parenting has always been ways is probably a strong word but like you can do whatever we've we've never done homework with our kid a day that i can ever remember do we ever sit down and do homework with them our kids have struggled at points yeah we don't sit around and tell them like like you said we might say hey like you've been on your phone a little bit so you still have stuff to get done yeah but for the most part 
Well, we even took away bedtime when they were middle school or high school because we don't go after the details. We go after the bigger story of who we want them to be. And that's right. what we pound in our kids' head all the time. Yeah. We want you to be someone of character. If you're going to show up at school and you're not going to get your homework done, then that goes against the principles we're teaching you. We're going to go after that, not the fact that you chose to be on your device overdoing those things. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's the missing piece for so many people. We get so stuck on these little stupid arguments like, oh, technology is evil, instead of looking at the big picture and telling your kids who do we want you to be go after the positive not the negative if you're going to spend any time pound that into their heads right this is what we value this is what we expect from you and not the negative monitoring right and i kind of laugh like because what we're talking about there is is you're actually teaching your child to make decisions that have real life consequences while you're there to help them navigate the consequences correct and i think one of the reasons that we have so many adults why anxiety is is through the roof as our society is because we've taken that away from kids and they've not had to learn how to live in the tension of yeah I gotta make this decision and I've gotta regulate myself with that all being said and I don't know I don't know if you've and I've talked about this I am all for technology I'm for letting them learn to self-regulate I also feel like technology is a privilege not a right and and when it becomes abused in the sense when I have teenagers who are sharing nudes they're talking to older people online that they shouldn't be yes they're sneaking out of the house they're getting their drug deals done through a phone at that point i honestly believe the device goes away absolutely not permanently i think that until and you you don't say it's a punishment but our job as a parent is to keep you safe and when you're using something in my home absolutely in a way that is not keeping you safe that goes against my job as a parent and it has to go away same thing with like a vehicle mm-hmm. right if, you, if you're speeding you might not drive for a couple months or if you've DWI or MIP, you know, something like that. But again, it's looking at the car as a tool. And that's the thing where where I struggle with people who are like, technology's bad. That's the thing. They got to go outside and play. Well, do you go outside and play like as an adult? Because if you're not doing things outside, kids live what they learn and they learn what they live. And that phone is just a tool. And in our son's case, that, that it's a tool that has helped him. I'd argue it's helped all of our kids. And every tool has danger, right? Uh, you got to cut down a tree. You're going to use a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. There are people. I know a guy took had a really bad cut in his leg because the chain popped off. It kicked. Right. All tools have danger, but you need to manage the danger rather than try to remove it all. And and what happens is, you know, I think of parents who are like, well, you can only be on technology on the weekends. Invariably, their kids go find a way to get on technology. They walk to the library and get on the computers there with the school computers. They go to their friend's house and they get on their friend's Xbox. Or I've even heard of kids who ask their friends to sign out a Snapchat on their phone so that they can sign in on their friend's phone. And then they do their Snapchat and they go home and the parents are all excited because they were outside at a park. But they're outside at a park playing technology. I have teenagers who they'll give their friend their old iPod or old phone and then they sneak it at home. I had a a teenage client I saw for a year and her parents did not know the entire year because there is a law in Michigan that over the age of 14, you you have complete privacy, right? The kid wasn't doing anything harmful. But she had a hidden device for a year and she was on all these social media things Yep. because her parents would not let her have it. And so she found a way to have it. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the thing for parents is I think the shift needs to be technology is just a device and it's never going to outpace your parenting. And I know I know parents get mad at mad when they hear this sometimes. If your kid is hyper fixated on their device, it's time to look at their relationships, specifically your relationship 
relationship with them because that device offers relationship. Now, there is the other thing that they have to consider. For instance, you, you're you're rather ADHD mixed, uh, rather hyper-focused, and you can be on your phone doing something very important, Uh right? And you're just gone. Like, you're not there. And that might be some people's kids, Uh right? Like, they're typing and... The kids looking and, you know, oh, they don't know what's going on. Okay. But that's probably because they're ADHD, not because you need to go to war with them. Correct. Right. And so some questions that I think parents should ask themselves when they start thinking through technology with their kid. The very first one, there's a couple of them, but the very first one is what is the long term thinking that I'm trying to teach my kid yes. in how they use this device? Correct. Because it's the same thinking pattern for sports. Right. I'm always kind of amazed at parents that brag about how sports consume their lives or extracurricular activities, consume their family's life. And then they're shocked when their kids find something that consumes their life. Are you thinking long term? What is the long term ramifications for what's going on? And, and what do I want to teach my kids long term about things like technology? And do my the, sec- the second question would be, do my actions match up to what I'm trying to teach them? And you and I were just talking recently about a story that kind of illustrates that why don't you share that with with the listeners well my daughter because again even with us our kids are our best source of humbling is the way to put it right and my daughter was like yeah mom i just finished segment two of driver's training and they're talking about how like you shouldn't be on your phone and they're sharing all these scary videos and you know mom you, you get on your phone when you're driving and i was like ah that okay right mom i i need to do better at not being on my phone when i'm driving and then literally that day, one of our really good friends, we saw both, um, my daughter is friends with their kid and we saw both of them going down the road, you know, and she's in driver's school and she looks and she's, oh, the one had their head buried in the phone and the other one's on the phone. So what does she do? She texts her friends and hey, I just saw both your parents. They're on hard the on us about being on the phone, but they're on their phone, right? And I was like. And, and both of those people, they're, they're people that we're very fond of. Yes. And at the same time, they've had some very strong opinions on being anti-technology over the years. Their kids are a little bit behind ours in age. And it's funny to me, I've joked with the husband about it. Like you have these rules, but you're doing this. And usually it's because we think it's different. Well, I mean, I'll call myself out. It's not just them. Like I said, they're call, they call me out on it. Yep, like it's yep. easy for me to stop at a stop sign and start scrolling on my phone or to pick up a phone call. But I don't want them to do it because it's going to distract them. Right. But what about, right. what am I modeling to them? Yeah. And that's a great illustration of that question. Do my behaviors match up to what I'm trying to teach my kids long term? And I think a good third question is, what are you afraid of? When it comes to the technology, what are you afraid of? There are things to be afraid of. There are predators that you use technology. You know, there are, uh, uh, they can get themselves in trouble. Like I have conversations with our kids about like, Hey, I I, I don't think this is going to be a problem, but at the same time, you do know not to send any inappropriate pictures ever. And if anyone sends you an inappropriate picture, you need to let me know. And then we're going to delete it. And we're going to, we're going to deal with it in the appropriate ways, you you know, but, but taking some time, this is why I say a lot of those rules are about lazy parenting because it tries to make something inherently messy i.e. raising kids, simple. And it's just, oh, just do these simple steps. There's nothing simple about raising kids. And there's probably nothing simple about training them to kind of run off into the world. And, you know, what what am I afraid of? It then creates our ability and our desire to want to control. And give 
keep them with the power. Like my daughter came to me one time because, right, we tell them, like, the, you cannot talk to people. People should never ask you for nudes online. And she came to me. She said, Mom, someone's asking me for nudes. And I took a deep breath because what I wanted to do is grab her phone and start messaging this person and blowing up their world, right? But I said, how would you like to handle it? She's like, I got it. I'm like, well, what does that mean? You got it. She said, well, they asked me for nudes. And I said, okay, give me a minute. And I went online and I found a picture of nude eye, eye shadow. And I sent it to him. I said, is this what you mean? And they're like, no, like nudes. And she goes, oh, okay. She was like, then I found a mannequin picture. And so then she had a really good time with this. She ended up sending three pictures of a mannequin, eyeshadow, and I forget what the other one was. And the person got really mad and blocked her and left her alone. And at that Which moment- Which is what we want. Right. She didn't need my help. She handled it. She, she made me aware of what was going on. And then she took care of it. And I didn't need to take any action. Right. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please share it with three of your friends. One of the ways that we find meaning in life is that we share things with other people. If you have any questions, feel free to email me, joe at joemartino.com. Please put podcast in the subject line so that I'll know it's about the podcast and it doesn't get lost. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend and hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.